0: Hello, I've got some exciting news to share with you all at Retrition Plus, which, as many of you may know, is my evidence-based supplements company. We've relaunched and there are four incredible products on offer. The Daily Vegan Multi Still, a Pregnancy Multivitamin and an Adult's Vitamin D Daily Spray. But here's another new one, the Kids Daily Vitamin D Drops. At Retrition Plus, of course, the approach I've always had is that it's rooted in science. It's not in fleeting trends. We will only ever partner in the fact that we want to achieve a healthier, more balanced you. We're equally passionate about the well-being of our planet. So for me, Retrition Plus is transparent. We are sustainable and responsible. You know, our approach to well-being is at the core of everything that we do. Our supplements are designed so you can live and breathe a healthy diet and balanced lifestyle. I- developed this idea in lockdown i've had my children and that's where the passion i suppose really comes if you guys want to go and check out the range at retrition plus and our new products which i know are going to help so many people just head over to retritionplus.com and you can also check us out on social media at retrition plus hello welcome back to season 16 of Food for Thought. I can't actually believe it. I can't even believe we're on season 16. And I'm back in the studio here in London. It's fantastic. We've got the most incredible lineup of guests that are going to be bringing you the most fascinating conversations with nutrition, health and wellness fields. We've definitely gone above and beyond guys this time. I wanna make sure that we have all the best information out there to equip you with the latest scientific evidence and research. So you can of course live and breathe a healthy lifestyle supporting you to make informed decisions because after all, you're the ones that make the decisions with your life A little bit about me, for those of you that don't know, I am Rhiannon Lambert a registered nutritionist, Sunday Times best-selling author of The Science of Nutrition, many other books there too the founder of Harley Street Clinic Retrition and the evidence-based supplements company Retrition Plus Over the next few weeks, my guests and I aim to use science-based research, so we're going to sort fact from fiction. There is an overwhelming amount of confusing health information out there. So join us to dispel everything that remains misunderstood within the world of wellness. And as always, thank you so much. Gosh, we couldn't do it without you wonderful listeners. Honestly, the messages I receive, the support, the love, it's incredible. And I can't wait to hear what you think of the new season. So let's go. Oh, today's episode, guys, I'm so excited. So I'm recording this intro before he gets here and I don't get kind of starstruck by people often but this particular guest is so inspiring to me and I've just been so excited about it all morning so we're going to be speaking about self-love and acceptance first of all because I think in this world sometimes you know we may all feel like we don't fit in and self-acceptance is something that does enable us to understand ourselves and I guess be honest about our strengths and our weaknesses it's really important but it's not the easiest thing to do. So, this week's Food for Thought sees the, oh my goodness, amazing, inspiring John O'Lancaster challenge the beauty obsessed world that we live in. He became his own self love hero. He's an author of the most amazing, moving book, Not All Heroes Wear Capes. And I had the privilege of previewing and reading this book before it went out, and it blew me away. He shares the highs and lows of his life, how he accepts himself and his differences. Jono's the co-founder of the Love Me, Love My Face Foundation. He's just absolutely incredible. He discourages bullying, prejudice. On top of this, he's well known for a wide range of appearances of motivational speaking. He's an incredible speaker. So let's welcome Jono. Hello.
1: Hi, how are we doing?
0: Oh my goodness, we're amazing. I've been buzzing to get you on the podcast and I think... I think a good place to start today's conversation is, first of all, the fact that I think when I first kind of connected with you, I'd seen you on Fern's um, podcast, but of course, you've written the book and I got to read
1: it. You were one of the first people. I was one of
0: the first people to read it and it stuck with me. It was like, I kept thinking about it. I can't describe it. It had that profound impact on me. So I thought let's get you on. I don't know if you want to start by just saying a little bit about yourself and how this whole journey began, I suppose.
1: Oh, big um, question. <laughs> big question. And when I found out that you'd read my book, honestly, it was terrifying in, <laughs> in in the best way. Like, honestly, it gave me butterflies of like, oh, my God, this is incredible. This is exciting. But people are reading this now. And... Um, this was something that, you know, all these years ago when I first started talking about my journey, I never imagined that it would get to this point. I'd been on this journey, when I was twenty twenty one. um I was reading a celebrity gossip magazine and the articles were all about image and all about looks and I came to this section where the magazine had circled... Um, over celebrities bodies wrinkles, cellulite and it it was called the circle of shame and it just angered me and saddened me that I grew up questioning about my appearance, whether I fit into this world, whether I'd belong, whether I'd be able to find happiness, love and these articles just didn't help Um, so that motivated me to write a story yeah. And luckily I was in a good place when I read that article and um, I was like this is me, this is my face yeah. and I chuff love it and um, yeah it just kind of snowballed for Cause me. Because
0: I guess the start to life, so for everyone listening it's Treacher Collins Syndrome. Do you want to explain what that is but equally you have joyous memories of your childhood, you have the most incredible family, could you share a bit of that with us?
1: Yeah, so I was born with Treacher Collins, which always affects the face. So I don't have any cheekbones. Mm -hmm. That's why my eyes appear the way they do. Um, I call them my little Bart Simpson ears. Yeah. Um, And aesthetically, they're really cute. They don't get cold in winter. They don't pop on (laughs) airplanes. But yeah, I, I can't hear it. So I do wear a hearing aid. And for me, that's my Treacher Collins for others. It may affect their breathing. They may need a feeding tube due to the narrowing of the airway. Um, there was no family history of Treacher Collins. So when I was born, it was a shock to my birth parents and they decided that we needed to go a separate ways.
0: Let's just touch on, I know that you've spoken so publicly about this before, but it is a, it's a difficult conversation, first of all, to start. You know, some one of my best friends has adopted and I think adoption's the most incredible process in the world and what I love is that you spoke about it like you were chosen by yeah. your mother.
1: Yeah, as a child, um I got to celebrate my birthday, obviously. Yeah. And then I would celebrate my adopt- adoption day on the 18th of May, 1990.
0: Oh, and that's your tattoo on your... I love that.
1: Yeah. Um, like, yeah. we had a party every year. And all my mates were like, how come you get two parties? Like, two birthdays, because people would bring me presents. People would bring... We would have cake. And it was my gotcha day. And I was like, well, my mum my went to the hospital. And out of all the kids, my mum chose me. And I absolutely loved that story. Yeah. Like your mums and dads got stuck with you, but my mum chose me. <laughs> yeah. And I loved that story. And I didn't really understand the whys or, or the significance that would impact me later on in life. Um and then, you know, as as I got older, it's yeah, it was a lot to process.
0: Yeah. I, I, I don't think what amazes me about you is that this journey you're on you are on right now the processing isn't something that i think a lot of people have this perception oh you go to a few therapy sessions it's processed it's not is it no. it's long
1: it's throughout my life and i wrote about it in my book there's been so many times where i'm like oh i'm in a good place I've done this work, I've done therapy, I've spoken about that, I've accepted that, I'm in a good place. And then something will happen that will trigger something else. And I'm like, oh, oh, that's back. Oh, Mm. and and then he'll um, get me working on something else. But one of the things that I love about myself right now is that I sit in those places. In the past, when something happened i was struggling to deal with you know i would try and drink it away i would try and sleep with it away i would try and find those external things because i don't want to deal with this right Mm. now um and that just delayed my healing um but helped me bottle it up whereas now i just sit there and i'm like okay what are we feeling wow and um it's not easy and it's not nice it's pretty crappy at times (laughs) yeah but when you get through it the stuff that comes out of that place is is pretty powerful
0: Wow Wow! It's anyone would find it difficult to sit with their feelings because you know we don't and I I can only relate to it in, in the work we do with our nutrition clients in the fact that we are distracted every single day by something you have to physically make yourself step away from those distractions to address your thoughts and feelings a lot of us are not aware we don't do that and that's work that i'm assuming yeah it's obviously very difficult to implement but what age were you when i suppose because you said you know childhood was good you had amazing family which was fantastic but when did things change when did you become more aware of body image and of course the fact you have treacher collins has that always been something that other children embraced or have there been difficult times with that
1: i had always been popular at school um, I was daft, yeah. I was just a big kid, would do anything for yeah. anybody, wasn't so good at setting boundaries, yeah. you know, I was definitely a people pleaser, and as a child that wasn't too bad, but those behaviours definitely haven't helped during adulthood, especially when it comes to relationships. Do you think it
0: terms. was like a coping strategy?
1: I Yeah, I so in my teenage years, yes there were isolated moments of of people being unkind and some deliberate acts of unkindness and and i've spoken about them in my book Mm. as well um but through my teenage years i was popular and i was proud of my mum who adopted me she's my biggest hero she just instilled this she just gave me this beautiful foundation to live my best life but in my teenage years I started having a look around the world that I lived in and my environment mm. and I didn't see anybody with a visible difference. You know, none of my sports stars that I followed had visible yeah. differences. The films that I watched, the people with visible differences, you know, were villains or they had negative experiences and and that's when I started to question, oh, image does play a big part in life or in my life, and where am I going to fit in, and I would look in the mirror, and I I would just stare at my face, and I'd sit there with my eyes, you know, like imagining what my eyes would be like if I had a face like everybody else's. And, uh, yeah, that torment and that self-talk that I had with myself in my teenage years just became very dark, Mm. Um, and... Yeah, that's when I really, really started to struggle with life. And then I started thinking about my birth story and my birth parents and and that. And again, I wasn't talking about it. So I was creating these answers and these stories in my head. And they were just very, very negative.
0: Yeah. And thank you for sharing that because I know it's not an easy thing to talk about. There's a term that um, I actually discovered in therapy recently called hypermentalism. And it's where we sometimes um, imagine what other people are thinking all the time, but to such a deep, sensitive level that it becomes all-consuming. Those thoughts, and you've mentioned as well, um, you know that you even got close to suicidal thoughts at one point in your life. For anyone listening, or obviously, there's a trigger warning at the front of the podcast, but it is possible, isn't it, to reframe thoughts with support. But there's no magic switch.
1: There is no magic switch. And this is one of the things why I ask my question, what do you love about yourself? Because self-talk is so important. And as a child, we are so good at self-talk, being really, really positive. Oh, I'm going to play for England football team one day. I'm going to be a singer. I'm going to be a (laughs) doctor. Oh, I can do anything. And, And it's amazing. And it's a superpower. But as we get older, life just sucks it out of us, mm. and and then throw in you know stuff that happens in life. It's so hard to get it back, and um, yeah, the my that self talk that I have has just been one of my biggest allies, my biggest support um, systems, and yeah, that's been huge. And when I talk about my own Mm. suicidal thoughts and they happened they started when i was in my teenage years Mm. and there was a moment when i nearly got hit by a taxi late early early hours at morning and i had that realization for the very first time that i wanted that taxi to hit me and and then from then on and even later on in years i'm like oh I want to be in a car accident. I want to. I want my life to end in some way, um, and that's that. Were my they were my darkest thoughts. Mm. And then four or five years ago, I had a different kind of thought process around suicide, and um, I was just going through this process. This this there were loads of stuff going on in my life, mm. and I was having anxiety attacks, and I just didn't. I was just crying, and I was in pain. Mm. And then something happened on the news where I'd read that somebody had taken their life and then I became obsessed with how did they reach that point. And and I didn't want my life to end. I wanted all this pain to stop and I just didn't know how to process that. Um, And again, it's something that I've spoken about in my book Mm. and there are so many outlets out there um, to be able to support you through that and and thankfully on several occasions the, the past for me um, but yeah that self talk is huge
0: oh goodness i mean jono it's 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 very heavy and it's very raw um and for anyone listening it's very rare you find someone like jono that is able to speak so concisely about your own experiences but what i found so amazing about the book is that you're talking about your experiences yet on nearly every few pages there's something to help the reader you wrote a book basing your experiences on how to transform other people's lives with your experience that is a gift and i felt the tools and actions that you were able to help readers with, I think I even wrote back to you saying that's what I found, I couldn't quite process that you were sharing, almost like an autobiography in a way, you know, of of your life and these definitive moments that were happening to you, yet you were thinking of someone reading that and how they would perceive that and what they can do with that, what inspired that aspect of, is that quite healing for you as well, to be able to do that?
1: Um everything that I do in life I kind of think of the wider impact that it would have and I'm very aware that even today and this conversation can impact somebody's life in such a significant, profound way Mm -hmm. and I would never ever take that for granted and then I was given the opportunity to, to write my book which In itself, It's just amazing. It's amazing. I was like, no way. This is just mad. And then I was writing the book. It almost came natural that I didn't want the book just to be about me. I didn't want people just to read my, my life. I wanted people to have things to take away. And those were really, really important with me and my whole team that supported me writing the book. These ideas and like, oh, we're going to put them on in boxes, and we're just mm. going to make it a specific thing rather than it just being lost in text. And uh, yeah, I, I I love those little yeah. exercises. I,
0: I also found it very healing reading your book in a in a way that you started this conversation at the beginning of the podcast. About well. we mentioned magazines, we mentioned body image, and we mentioned um, this bizarre societal norm of not seeing enough visible differences of not seeing enough out there of the diversity of the amazing things that we can all contribute to and i do feel like perhaps now in the world of social media that is helpful that we have these platforms to be able to access different people but i can imagine it's also a difficult thing for for you to come out be so open honest have this amazing book start writing all your feelings down and then have to deal with strangers on the internet with their opinions I would love to ask you how you've navigated social media at the same time as navigating this experience of writing a book like this
1: social media mm. is almost a baby and it's still almost maybe in infancy to us all and we're all trying to learn Um, what social media has become Mm. it's how we date it's how we work, it's how we socialise it's how we get our information it's 24 hour news, 24 hour entertainment and and then the following 24 hours it's changed and there's another trend and we're all trying to keep up with it and when I did a BBC documentary years ago I was so pumped, we'd been filming for 9 months and they were with me for 9 months every day just filming insane and I'm just so excited and then we did some promotion for it and it went online, all these adverts mm. TV show coming out uh, later tonight and then I started reading the comments and that was my first exposure of negative comments of trolls and mm. a lot of it was, I was with uh, my partner at the time who's mm. was now an ex and you were like, why is she with him and, and I was like, ooh Ooh, and then all of a sudden, that excitement went to fear, and I was like, "Okay," and I wasn't prepared for it. I was completely un- unprepared for what was about to happen. Um, the TV show uh, program was a huge success, hugely yeah. popular. Yeah. But then people started making joke. There was another time where somebody said, "Hey, Jono, um you're on this. You're on this website. The joys of being famous." and I clicked through to this website and it was a joke page and people made jokes of the topic of the day and I was the topic of the day and there were just hundreds and hundreds of jokes being made about myself and it just hurt and I think one of the hardest things was that I had sought a lot of those comments that I was reading once upon a time and then for other people to be saying that it just cut so deep Mm. But thankfully, I would reached a place where I were able to talk about my feelings
0: and able to know that those people are the people that are hurting.
1: One hundred percent. And and I talk. I go into schools, and I, and this is one of the things that I talk to the students yeah. at schools. Is I once thought that my face would prevent me from finding happiness, yeah. but it's not. It's attitudes like that that the bullies possess that's going to prevent him from happiness from finding love, work, friendships and um, I genuinely feel sorry for those trolls and bullies but still there's those moments where it it hurts you know and but thankfully I'm able to be in such a good place where Mm. um, I'm able to move on from it and the world is catching up you know Certain comments now are classed as hate crimes, and mm-hmm. um, the police are taking more serious action against internet trolls, which is which is amazing. But still, more still needs to be done.
0: A lot more needs to be done. Yes. And one fear that I have is the future generations growing up with social media. So we were quite probably older than you actually, but we were quite lucky, I think. You know, not having those platforms from such a young age. I wonder how how do you think that would have impacted you to not just have the magazines, but have this there any time of day to have these image-based platforms
1: again there's for me personally i have quite an addictive personality you know i can become obsessed with things and social media is very very good as well at seeing things that we've liked or we've looked at and then if all of a sudden you see the perfect face and that's what I would have, you know, yeah. in as, as a teenager, and that's all I was seeing. And, you know, as a child, when I had a rough day at school, I was able to go to a safe place, which was my, my house, yeah. my bedroom. And I still had to live with this up here, but I was still safe on the outside. Whereas again, youngsters now, you know, as phones, as laptops mm. go into those safe place, and there is no such thing now as a safe place. And then when I go into schools and I talk to the students, you know, they're all posting images on whatever platform, and they've all, all of a sudden they've only got 10 likes. So they'll take it down and they'll put some makeup on, or they'll show some more skin, or they'll do something more flamboyant. And then, oh, it's got 20 likes. And then, oh, that's not good enough. My mate's got 50 likes, so they'll take it down and then they'll do something even more extreme. And then it's got all of a sudden it's got 50 likes. And it's like, oh, that's what I need to go going forward. It's dangerous. It really is.
0: It is dangerous. You know, I attended a talk with the NSPCC the other week on child safety online. And I think in a few years, hopefully, like you said, there's new tools coming in. But it's still such a space to navigate because you've openly discussed the fact that you placed a lot of emphasis at one point on getting the perfect body. You said, right, so I'm living with Treacher Collins. And in that way, I'm going to move my focus to focus on anywhere else I can as a coping strategy. But it didn't work in the best way for you doing that either, did it?
1: Oh, man. <laughs> so I had this... In, throughout my entire life, and again, it helped me write the book, I imagine scenarios in my, in my head all the time, and I imagine conversation that's going on around me and stuff. And I thought, if anybody is going to be in a relationship with me, they need a reason And this isn't the reason why they're gonna date me. So I'm like, okay, if my face ain't all that, I need to have the perfect body. So all of a sudden I became obsessed with diet, exercise. I even dehydrated myself to try and have abs 24 seven, some beds and then like, okay, I'm doing all this stuff. I would spend all my money on designer clothes. And I'm like, okay, if two people are having a conversation, oh, why are you dating Jono? the other person who's dating me would be like oh well his face ain't all that but he's got an amazing body and he just gives 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 and gives again the lack of personal boundaries um so yeah he, that's why i'm dating him and then like, all right okay i get it now and and again i'm conversed on that self-talk i'm having that self-talk with my con- with myself of okay people will date me if i do these things and that became life
0: yeah and everyone can relate to that that's the thing I think um, a lot of the time, a lot of people don't think they are good enough as they are. No, I didn't growing up. I think lots of people don't and they don't face the additional, you know, condition you had. It's one in 50,000, isn't it?
1: One in 50,000.
0: Yeah, which, you know, is an astounding number. I just want to speak very quickly about the Retrition Plus vegan multivitamin. So I designed this with Retrition Plus to support those that are following a plant-based diet with four key nutrients. We're talking about vitamin B12, of course, iron, iodine and selenium. Now it's packed with the essential nutrients and our multivitamin is, of course, your trusted companion for maintaining a healthy vegan plant-based lifestyle. So despite its powerful nutritional support, it comes in one of the smallest capsules. This was deliberate because I've always had a difficult time taking pills and supplements. So it's convenient, it's easy to incorporate into your daily routine. It will elevate your journey, whether it be vegan, whether it be plant-based, with essential scientifically backed nutrients in one simple capsule. If you guys want to go and check out the range at Retrition Plus and our new products, which I know are going to help so many people, just head over to retritionplus.com and you can also check us out on social media at Retrition Plus. So... One thing that I love that you've done is looking at the work you've done. Oh my goodness. Oh, it makes me emotional when I think about it, but you know, you've been over to America. You've, you have made such a difference to so many other people. You've met lots of other people and you've co-founded a charity. Please share more.
1: Oh, the Love Me Love My Face Foundation. Oh, um, special. And I was so scared to set that up. I've had ideas for so long and i've just got i've got three friends who just like yeah we'll support you and they all became trustees and they all went through the red tape with me and got me officially reg got us officially registered and i'm incredibly proud of them all so basically i had done my bbc documentary and i started sharing and stuff and i was like i love my face and and i found as well that the more i stripped back of like i love I love all of this yeah. internally, externally. And then the relationships that I were having from that point forward were just so beautiful and real and deep. And I'm like, I'm onto a winner here. And and I get to see a beauty in a world that not many people get to yeah. see. And I, and I love it. And I feel very lucky that I'm in this place. Um, so people from all over the world started reaching out to me. And one of the big ones that really resonated with me Just like Jono, I've got a son, a daughter they've got reach Collins yeah. they're questioning life, they're going through this, that and the other, and I tried to support them through Facebook and stuff and then those relationships grew and they're like, oh Jono, we'd really love to meet you, and I was like, okay let's make it happen, so I started travelling around the UK, then I went to Australia, New Zealand all around the States, Mexico amazing. Um, South America and um, and I was just spending time with these people, and then when I I visited Australia and New Zealand, and I was meeting individuals that had treacher Collins, and I was able to support them emotionally, but they weren't able to afford a hearing aid due to health insurance oh, and stuff. God. And and I came away just really saddened that geography yeah. wasn't. Was a big factor that they weren't able to get the support that they needed, and I did a layover in an airport, and this airport had a waterfall in it and like gold-plated toilets, and I just sat on this gold-plated toilet and I just (laughs) cried like, why is the world so broken?
0: Yeah,
1: and the world is broken. Yeah, Yeah. and and I got home and I said this to my friends. I can support them emotionally, but I want to do more, and they're like, okay let's set the charity up so all these kids that I've met we're now able to support them with medical needs um, and and I love it it's just a beautiful thing and the biggest most empowering thing that we do is we connect families and ah oh, the opportunity being able to give somebody the opportunity to for them to meet somebody just like them for the first time ever oh that's that's pretty massive you know oh
0: yeah it's making me well up I mean I <laughs> as a parent myself i can only i can't know but if it was my children i would want them to meet other children so they didn't feel alone and i think that's incredible what you have done. i knew i was going to go in this episode i knew it <laughs> but in happy tears in that kind yeah, of yeah. way for what you've done and i think for anyone listening what where can they go to learn more about the charity and what what can they support
1: yeah and um, so we're on instagram and facebook and there's there's four of us. Uh, we yeah. all do it in our spare time. Um, and yeah, send us a message. We're doing all sorts of projects. And like I said, the biggest thing is next year we're setting up um, a big get-together for all the families. We've treated Collins in the UK. We did it last year. Wow. We're going to do it next year. Um, and just all can hang out. And it's not just the individuals as well. A sibling that's growing up with a a brother or sister with a medical condition Mm. is is going through so many challenges and so many emotions and then to be able to sit down with another sibling that's going through that stuff hey what do you do when your brother or sister gets bullied at school or what do you do when your brother and sister's having an operation and you've got to go and do this and for them to have a conversation is just empowering and then again dad's chat Oh, we get all the dads in a room, good, and we're just like, Yeah, Come on, let, let's yeah, talk. Let's and talk. <laughs> the conversations that have gone on in those rooms oh man, it's, it's been life changing and, and empowering for yeah. them all. And um, so yeah, I'm incredibly proud of being it's able amazing, to give that. John, yeah, yeah,
0: but how do you protect yourself in the sense of you know, I've also seen you know, sad stories when you lose people you love on your page, on social media, and you've been supporting families through such tough times. How do you keep your boundaries? Because you're such a giving person. You've mentioned already that, you know, you're a people pleaser, you will give, and being empathetic is the most amazing trait I think someone can have, but you carry it.
1: Yeah, I carry it massively. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, there's separate things... Um, this year has been a really, really heavy year. The the Treacher Collins community has um, had quite a, a few... Yeah. We've lost quite a few people this year in unexpected circumstances. And oh, my dear friend, Dr. Francis Smith, who passed away, yeah. um, he loved London. And I was on the tube um, coming through to the studio today. Don't tell me
0: he loved the tube. He loved the tube. <laughs> and...
1: Typical American. He had yeah. um, the canvas with all the the Sweet. The, the, the tube yeah. things, and I was like, ah, oh. <laughs> and and there was there is sadness there because yeah. they're no longer here. But there was a lot of happy memories of like, yeah. ah, he, he loved London, and yeah. it was so amazing to come here. And I, I it's bizarre that you mentioned that because I was thinking about him as I walked through yeah. the tube. Um, so yes, I I do carry that, and then with the Treacher-Collins community or when I go into schools and talk or even on social media, people offload a lot of things with me. Um, And I do carry that around. And over recent years, that's something that I've really had to work on with my therapist of being able to be empathetic and being able to be supportive, but also being able to protect myself. So hard. And, And then there's another element in that as well of... I it's, it's weird for me to say that people do look up to me Yeah. and I felt like oh I need to be this positive person or like if Jono can do it so can I and that was a really heavy pressure for me as well and a few years ago I did a talk and it was just after the time I had those suicidal thoughts and I was looking for the out in my kitchen and what have you and the past and I did a conference And I shared that with them. And it was one of the best conferences that I've ever done. People came up to me afterwards and they were like, Jono, you've always been that light at the end of the tunnel. Oh, if Jono can do it, we can do it. But at times it was like, how? And what you've just shared today, all that vulnerability and all that pain, you're just so more relatable. And we were talking about healing. There is no end destination. It's forever just... Coming and going, um, so yeah, that's something that I've had to work really, really hard on, and I'm in a much better place with with dealing with that. Uh, but uh, there's a beautiful quote: "Be who you needed when you were younger." Yeah, and and I absolutely love that. And when I think about that, I'm like, oh. mm,
0: yeah, it's beautiful. And it? I guess the last question, before I there's so many questions from listeners, is not enough time to delve into everything but the question is can you tell us a little bit about little jay and can you share the work you've done with your inner child and i i, th- I think that everyone needs to hear it everyone it would help so many people
1: um yeah
0: it's big it's big it's big you take a breath
1: um just... for a large chunk of my life especially as a youngster i said the most horrible things to myself and and again as a child just standing in the front of the mirror and pushing my, my own eyes up my own face up to try and make it look like everybody else's not only did i say things i did things to myself that were just horrible and then as an adult i was talking to myself with kindness and with love and i went through a breakup a few years ago and it triggered a lot of like rejection and abandonment and i was like i am such a, i'm such a nice person why does this yeah, happen yeah, to me? yeah oh my god
0: breakups suck yeah <laughs> breakups suck <laughs> they do
1: and i've been through breakups in the past and this one felt different yeah. and it triggered a lot of stuff yeah. so i sat down and i spoke about it and they're like okay there's a lot of stuff inside that's still there when it comes rejection and abandonment. And they were like you need to spend some time with your inner child. You need to imagine them and when you imagine them you need to talk to them. Mm. How did they feel when you did this? How did they feel when you did that? Or when you said that to yourself and listen to what they're saying. And then now what can you do to make it better? I was like okay I'm going to do this. And then in order to help me I got one of my old teddies and um i put one of my old rugby jerseys on that i used to wear when i was match day mascot for yep. my beloved <laughs> featherstone rovers and um, he became little jay he is little jay yeah. and um i went on a road trip with him first time i was doing it i was like oh i'm going to it. So I we're in the car for two hours got me sn- coffee and my snacks and i sat little jay next to me seated him seatbelt on and set off and I straight away, I went straight into it. Why do we keep on getting rejected? And I just like cried. And then some music came on, oh, Radiohead yeah, Creep. Yeah. And I, I was just bawling. No. And it's one of my favorite songs now. Yeah. Just bawling.
0: Yeah.
1: And then I had this light bulb moment. And I was like, little Jay, we attract. We have attracted so many beautiful things in our life by being our true, authentic self. Yes. We're a pretty cool guy. And uh, oh, that self talk was amazing. And then when I think about myself as a child now, um, I used to cut my own hair and give him the dodgy ball cut. (laughs) The girls I fancied, I used to write them love poems. And uh, I would listen to Celine Dion and, oh, I'm going to find love like that, like she sings about. And he was such a sweet kid.
0: Yeah.
1: And he's, he had such a good heart. Oh. And yeah, he was a class clown and he back chatted the teachers and he turned his hearing aid off when my oh, mum was he shouting did. him. And <laughs> I he was such a good kid and uh, oh, I, I love him so much. Yeah. And it was funny because I narrated my book and I took little Jay with me. And uh, it took me a full weekend to narrate my book. That's
0: hard, narrating your book. It is hard. Whoa.
1: You've done it four times, right? Yeah, but no,
0: no, but it's not my part. This, your book is personal.
1: But I don't know how you'd be able to create it in a therapy session, but I'm recording my book. And I had little Jay yeah. in the studio with me, listening to all our traumas, all our healing, all our growth, the heroes that we've met along yeah, the yeah. way, and ultimately becoming the biggest hero in our own lives. Oh, my God. it were pretty special, yeah. and healing. And, wow. Uh, yeah, I was very lucky to be able to do that.
0: Oh, Jono. Oh, how to even put the words? There's one thing that you've said... And we have got questions from our listeners. I, w- I will get to them. I promise. Um, but as you say, a lot of people want things from you, and I think it's so important to be vulnerable and honest and say, "Look, I don't have it all sussed out in I life." <laughs> definitely
1: don't have it all <laughs> sussed no, out. No, because
0: <laughs> people want to know. But something you also said at the start is that the world isn't a kind place, and it's something I also struggle with massively. I don't understand this world sometimes, and it. But you can't. Things that you cannot control. It's difficult to come to the self-acceptance that not everyone out there is going to see the world in the way you do. We've all got different experiences. But I think this particular question leads on from that nicely. Mia has said, my son is being bullied at school. What can I say or do? I just feel so helpless. And I'm sure you hear this one a lot as well. The world isn't kind all the time. Um, but it seems so unjust, doesn't it, for children?
1: Uh, it's tough. Um, yeah. There's 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 two points, um and was it Mia's
0: question?
1: Mia, Mia. I, um, my mum, me and my mum have had a lot of conversations around this, and she was like, "Oh, if I had known, I would have been able to support you and stuff like that." And I used to talk to my mum about everything, and then as I got older in my teenage years, I stopped talking to my mum, yeah. and I, I kind of put a wall up. Um, I didn't talk to my friends because wasn't it wasn't cool to talk about my face but I didn't talk to the teachers around because I thought I'd get into trouble and the truth is and if anybody's going through some bullying situation your friends will listen your guardians will listen um your boss your teacher they, they will listen and then as, as for the and it's something that I've said to my mum it wasn't necessarily the words that she said to me it wasn't because at times these people that you talk to they don't have the answers but what they do have is presence mm. and being present in somebody's life or for me anyway was absolutely amazing. My friends might have not been able to fix certain situations but I had them in my life. My mom wasn't able to stop whatever was going on no. but she was present in my life and that is just amazing, it's, yeah, it's incredible.
0: There's so much power in our voices. But as children, I guess, we just, we're just we not empowered yet, you know, with that understanding that if we do speak, so it's important, I think, for parents, like you said, I haven't faced this yet. I know I'm going to have it with my two at some point, but how do you broach that open conversation? And I think what you've said is beautiful. It's right that people will listen. We've got to be brave enough to talk, and it's hard.
1: Yeah, people will listen. And again, there's a lot of other things that you can do. You see stuff going on. That's bullying or people being unkind. You need to be don't be a bystander, be an upstander, I love that. And, and 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 talk about that. Yeah. Uh, but also, um, there is kindness everywhere. There is. So there I is. I was in supermarket yesterday, yeah. and this lady was just buying some lamb, and um, I, I'm I'm eating a lot of lamb at the moment because it's what my gut specialist said. From what have you. Um so I'm just waiting patiently to get my lamb joint. And she's like, "Oh, sorry, dear." And I go and get some of my lamb. She's like, "Oh, they're a, they're only small." And she's like, "Oh, me and my husband, we have this." And oh, they're beautiful. And they're such a good price. And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I live on my own, so I just, I'm greedy. I'll just eat all this to myself." And she's like, "Oh, yeah, do you do right? You you're a growing lamb." And she's like, "Oh, what do you cook it with?" And I was like, "Oh, just some sweet mashed potato and some Yorkshire pudding. and She's like, "Oh, that's lovely. I'm gonna do that tonight, actually." Uh, and um, just just moments yeah. like that. That are everywhere, but yeah. we prevent ourselves from experiencing them because we're either on our phone, yes, or we're just caught up yes. in our own stuff, looking at the floor, um, and we deny those opportunities we of do. kindness.
0: So the word that I'm is screaming in my head is we are disconnected as the human race. We're so disconnected and it's so interesting that you've come here to share your experience. But every guest I have, even if it's a scientist speaking about their area of research, we always get back to the fact that we are disconnected
1: yeah.
0: because it stops, it stops all of the natural um, evolution of the human race and how we're meant to embrace one another and the conversations we're meant to have. And those experiences, like you said, that you remember that kindness. Yeah. It's even down to that, you know, when I was pregnant on the tube, that one person that did stand up and gave me a seat when I felt dizzy. But, you you, know, it didn't happen all the time, but it really happens. You notice it when it happens, right? I like this one because I often, you know, people will say you is the answer. Tegan has said, who or what inspires you the most?
1: My biggest source of inspiration is myself. I love that and being able to reach a point in my life where i can say that is incredibly powerful because so many of us and i've done it myself i have looked everywhere for hope and goodness and kindness and inspiration and being able to look within here for it it's possibly the hardest place but when you find it it's one of the most powerful sources it it really really is um so again that's why i ask what do you love about yourself and i try and get people talking about themselves in a positive Mm. way and even on social media i asked everybody who their biggest hero was yeah so many people said my son my daughter my mom my dad this person this person and i was like okay what have you overcome in your own life and people shared again so many amazing things that they overcome and I was like oh my god you guys are amazing you overcame this stuff mm. and yet you didn't say that you were an inspiration or your biggest hero and and we are every night we go to bed with a head full of thoughts the heart that beats for only us and yeah we we need to be our biggest source of inspiration for sure
0: your book inspired me to look into myself in that way I'm a very big empath as well and I struggle with it still to this day. Yeah. I haven't reached that point where I know how to deal with it. I think the world at the moment particularly is, is full of lots of sad stories as well but I think you definitely encouraged me is all I'm going to say is I try and I do, did look at the boxes and I, you know it was a big take-home task for me because we're never told to look at ourselves as heroes. We've never been told to do that. We're never good enough or worthy enough and... Um, I related to that. Right, we are gonna move mm. on to our fact or fiction round.
1: Yep. Are you ready? I am ready.
0: Okay, if you could answer fact or fiction to the following. Right, self-love involves recognizing and accepting both strengths and weaknesses. Fact. Brilliant. Mental health illnesses are always visible and easy to identify. False. Yeah, exactly, very false. Um self acceptance means never wanting to improve yourself.
1: So that would be false. Yeah. We, we, yeah. we, we should always look at it's improving like ourselves.
0: Double and, negative, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um seeking professional help is a sign of weakness when dealing with mental health issues. That's false. Yeah. Bullying is always overt and easily recognizable. False surrounding yourself with a supportive community is an important step to acceptance True. in the journey of self-love external validation is necessary
1: As is, I, I struggled with this one because yes,
0: this is the one
1: we need to be able to be in a i struggle with compliments praise anything that's been given to me from other people external I really really struggle with and I'm like what's their motivation what what do I have to give back What and, I, and I've always struggled with that so when it comes to this for me I'm trying to be one of my things that I'm working on is I'm trying to accept it I'm trying to receive it and and, and being able to receive something just organically and okay I'm going to hold this and just receive it that's something that i'm working on and that's important to me yeah. um so yeah what about you?
0: no no it's interesting you say that because i'm sure you've also been told by lots of people and i'm one of those that i love your face and that's hard to hear and how, when you're uh, because you've spoken about how you spent your whole life not saying that before obviously you wrote it and You know, I can only imagine the deflection that happens when people say things because I do it too. I deflect everything. Oh, I like this. I'm like, oh, you know, da-da-da. You kind of do that kind of (laughs) thing to it, don't you? And I think think you're right with that question that it's a societal thing, validation, which was why this question on social media was scary because I do really worry about the mental health of future generations having those platforms i'm going to carry on with the fact of fiction round i'm <laughs> deterring um right success always requires sacrificing personal well-being false self-love and acceptance are the first steps towards true inner happiness
1: oh there's a lot of fact in that a lot of fact. Mm. I love that.
0: Everybody should read. Not all heroes wear capes. Fact. Yeah, <laughs> that was a great fact or fiction round. Um, it does wrap up the episode, and I firstly want to wrap up the food for thought today by saying thank you, because to be authentic, vulnerable, to share something as personal as your own life story, with the adversities you've faced and um, the challenges. Um, and the love and kindness that you've faced like you said it's hard to even accept love and kindness right this whole sphere of the world that we live in is, is tricky to navigate so I just want to start by saying thank you because I know that lots of people will gather a lot of this but I think a good take home message for our listeners today is try and seek out the kindness I like that and go and check out the charity I think that's the biggest thing love your face and um, Jono if you could give our listeners a much better take-home message, any food for thought that comes into your head, what would that be?
1: Well, first of all, thank you for allowing me. It's almost like a three-therapy session. You know, just having a conversation and not having it fake or not being worried about, oh, what are the consequences if if I say this? There are no consequences when you and I talk. We can talk about anything and you're going to be able to listen. And again, you might not be able to have the answers, but you're going to be able to listen. So we're all, whoever's listening to this, we've all got something inside us that we're scared to say, we're scared to admit, write it down, practice saying it. And then when somebody asks, hey, how are you doing? You've been practicing saying this out loud, try saying it out loud. And that person that you say out loud will listen. So that's something that I'd like you to do. And before I, we, were, we recorded this, I shared some stuff with you yeah. that I've been struggling with and, yeah. and you've listened. And that's a, a powerful, powerful thing. And always, everybody who listens to this, what do you love about yourself? Sometimes our self loves, we oh, start so with likes, self likes, and sometimes we're, um, help, we need help from others to help us find them. But again, write them down read them aloud to yourself and that's your self-love list that you can work on for the rest of your life and don't let anybody take it away from you
0: oh Jono that's beautiful and it, it's it's true it's true and and I would highly recommend because obviously you know in the book Jono does talk you through exercises that I just think are such a good idea to do but equally um that that's Where should people go to learn more about you? Where can they get your book? Let me just get that in there. You have to have that. Um, And of course, how can we support the charity?
1: Check us out online. Um, As for myself, um, I tend to use Instagram more, General Lancaster. Um, My book is available on Audible and Amazon and Waterstones, WH Smiths. um, And check that out. Um, So, yeah and it's so weird because I, I did a, a speaking <laughs> event um, a bit back and I I'm like we need you need to talk about your book and I was I like know. hey I've got a book and I put it, it under my that. stall and then I carried on so uh, yeah. one of the things that I'm working on about myself is like hey I've done this and it's pretty mega yeah. Um, so yeah it's but amazing how
0: you. hard that is it to is. do though it, uh, I get the same terrifying thing. It's, it's, you don't want to have to talk because we've been conditioned not to talk about ourselves and be proud of ourselves. Okay. Isn't that mad? It's and isn't crazy. it amazing to say out loud, I've got a book. I've
1: got a book. <laughs> I've got a book that people can put their coffee on so they don't ruin their tables.
0: <laughs> See, Jono, stop it. It's got more worth no, than yeah, a yeah. coffee holder. <laughs>
1: no, future generation. We've both been able to produce something that's... Yes long one way gone he's still going to be a part of our world that's amazing that's cool well done you
0: yeah well done you thanks for coming <laughs> on the podcast Jono thank you for having me <laughs> thank you so much for listening. I can't believe that's it. Season 16. Gosh, it just flies by. And what a series. It's been such an honor to have so many incredible guests. And I really do hope that you've learned how our bodies are truly as unique as our personalities. Also, that this podcast is giving you the confidence that you need to enjoy your life to the fullest. Because there's just so much misinformation out there across the media especially social media now you just don't really know who to trust so hopefully this is your go to resource and of course a huge thank you to our guests I honestly don't know how to thank them enough they're just incredible giving up their time to come on the podcast and some of them traveled from so far and of course all of you for listening thank you i can't believe so many of you are now listening and if you enjoy it do pop us a review share food for thought with your friends and family whoever really you think you'd enjoy sharing it with and who'd enjoy listening to it so if you would like some more resources on top of the podcast you can check out my best-selling books we've got the science of nutrition deliciously healthy pregnancy or of course my original re nourish back in 2017 there's something coming on the horizon though guys so look out for 2024 announcements bookwise and if you'd like to book into the retrition clinic for a consultation with one of our amazing psychologists dietitians nutritionists or explore healthy recipes just pop on to retrition.com I'm on every social media channel, at Retrition, so check it out. And you can watch all of these episodes on YouTube. Yes, they're all there now. Every single episode, video recorded, there for you, and also with captions, which is super helpful as well. We'll be back January 24 with an incredible lineup to kickstart the new year and bring in season 17. So I guess that's it from me now. Have a fantastic Christmas, everyone. And we wish you all at Food for Thought a happy new year.